Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning. We're very glad you're here. I extend a special welcome to those of you visiting with us this morning. If you have questions about this church or about this faith, please don't hesitate to ask the people who brought you or the people around you or the people at the visitor table who will all do their best to answer the questions that you have. We come from a long heritage of teaching that there's a spark of the divine in every person. It is in the spirit of that heritage that I invite you to greet the holy in our midst by turning to the person to your right and left and welcoming them here this morning. Let us say the words together by which we light our chalice, which is the symbol of our faith. In the light of truth and the warmth of love, we gather to seek, to find, and to share. The words of A.W. Tozer from The Knowledge of the Holy. We might be wise to follow the insight of the enraptured heart rather than the more cautious reasoning of the theological mind. Thanksgiving dinner is coming up and people will ask, how can you call it worship when you got people in your church that don't believe in God? What is it you worship? I mean, you got people in your church that practice Buddhism, call themselves UUs. They're pagans that call themselves UUs. They're atheists and call themselves UUs. What do you do? What holds you together? You can say, well, there are many things that hold us together. Community is the most important thing we do, practicing being in community, which is why I'm being so sweet to you right now, Um, because I've practiced. And we have our mission statement. We write it on the wall, and we say it together every Sunday. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. The second reading is by Charles M. Schultz from Conversations. I don't think God wants to be worshipped. I think the only pure worship of God is by loving one another, and I think all other forms of worship became a substitute for the love that we should show one another. Now is the time in our service when we enter into an attitude of prayer and meditation where we speak to God as we understand God or just listen to our inner wisdom or where we breathe down into the stillness where perhaps for the only time this week we will be absolutely quiet understanding that little baby noises belong to the quiet as well. We're having a big party today after the second service. Hope y'all will come back. The party is to celebrate the 60th anniversary of this congregation's being recognized as a church by the Unitarian Association. And I thought it would be fun to talk about what I think church is when I feel like, yeah, I'm having church now. And then I thought it would be fun for y'all to hear from Mari Sol Caballero and Chris Jimerson, Reverend Mari and Chris 
who will be Reverend Chris after his ordination service, February 22nd, to which you are all invited. So I've asked Madi if she will go first, and Chris, if he will go second. So it tends to get harder, at least for me, to feel like I've been to church, you know. <clears throat> Not church, but church. Um, since beginning my journey that's brought me to ministry, I don't know if you're the same way, but the more that I know the inner workings of something, the less I allow myself to just sit and relax and experience its magic. So I grew up doing community theater. Most are not surprised by this, as much of a ham as I am, but my first production, Annie, was at age seven in Alpine, Texas, and uh, my most recent performance was a 1999 experimental production of Peter Hankey's They Are Dying Out at Austin Community College. It was weird. None of us in the cast understood it, but we did it anyway. We played the heck out of it. Um, and after years and years of acting classes and having tried nearly every genre of theater, loads of experience back stage and two years as a theater arts major, I had a hard time merely relaxing as an audience member when I'd go see a play. I would scrutinize every choice made by the actors, question the director's intentions and decisions. I'd roll my eyes at sloppy scene changes. I was a bona fide theater snob. <laughs> And I've spent years of recovery um, for this affliction. And it creeps back on me when I least expect it. So I left the world of acting, uh, of acting false personas for ministry. The profession where you get paid to be your truest self possible. Rosemary Bray McNatt, a mentor of mine who just became president of Star King School for the Ministry in Berkeley, one of our two UU seminaries, she told me that um, early on in my formation that the most important thing to remember as a minister is to be authentic. Keep it real, she said. They'll know it the minute you fake it. But whether acting or being deeply authentic, Showing up and doing so in front of hundreds of people, though magnificent, is exhausting work if you're doing it right. So it's easy for me to feel deeply connected to a sermon and preach it with my whole heart and still, still go home feeling like I haven't gone to church that Sunday. I may feel like I've gone to work, but I don't always feel like I've done church so what is it? So, okay, for me, when church happens is when I feel a transformative change and real connection. This is the case both when I'm leading a service and when I'm participating in worship. It may be a brief moment. It may last an hour, but I know it when I feel it. Church is that feeling that reminds me of my relationship to others, with the world, with my universe. It humbles me into an awareness that I depend on others, truly depend on others. Or it strengthens me 
into seeing that others depend on me. So something, some, something in the music, sometimes it's the music that does this, whether it's a beautiful or lively performance or an emotion um, ev- evoking um, hymn, communal singing. Sometimes church happens during spoken or silent prayer. Sometimes I feel church when I see somebody move to tears, laughing or nodding along during a sermon of mine or a story for all ages. And sometimes I feel church before worship, before it ever begins, or after it's all over. When I see someone who I care about deeply and who I know cares back for me and we exchange an understanding hug, this is what church feels like to me. This is where that magic lives. This is why church cannot happen without its people. That's why you remember the little, here's the church, here's the steeple. You open the doors, there's the people. That's church. Martin Luther King once said, Occasionally in life, there are those moments of unutterable fulfillment which cannot be completely explained by those abstractions called words. Their meanings can only be articulated by the inaudible language of the heart. And of course, Dr. King also brought the term beloved community into much wider usage. And for me, church or the religious happens when the two meet. Those experiences of unutterable fulfillment of which Dr. King spoke and the creation of beloved community, the bringing of justice, compassion, and love into our world. A couple of years ago, my spouse Wayne and I joined a group of Unitarian Universalists from our local churches to support a large rally that was being held on the steps at the Texas State Capitol The rally was to protest the atrocious attacks on women's rights that have occurred here in Texas and across the nation. We all showed up in our bright yellow t-shirts bearing the Unitarian Universalist standing on the side of love public advocacy motto and gathered around our large bright yellow standing on the side of love banner. The women's rights groups that had put the rally together absolutely loved it, so they put us on the steps right up behind the speakers for the rally. The event drew a huge crowd, and near the end of it, we noticed that all eight of us who were holding up our banner at the women's rights rally were men. (laughs) Now, being Unitarian Universalist, that didn't seem like such a big deal, so we just kind of had a laugh about it. As I was walking back to my car, though, a woman who I had never met touched me on the shoulder. I turned to her, and she looked at me with tears in her eyes and said with this accent that I recognized as small Texas, East Texas town, I just want you to know how moving it was for me to see a group of all men holding up your banner. Then she turned as if to go, turned back, looked at me and said, you know, I don't really think of myself as very religious, but I'm going to have to find out more about you folks. 
I guess we were both stunned by by the movement of something sacred that was occurring between us in that moment because for a while neither of us said anything else. I don't really remember how long we simply stood there or which of us broke the silence first, but I remember eventually she asked me where she could get one of our bright yellow t-shirts, so I gave her some information on our churches and the web address for standing on the side of love. I will tell you, though, I have never been happier to call myself a Unitarian Universalist than I was in that moment. I have never been more grateful to get a reminder that the religious can occur anywhere and in any moment, and we are called to be present for it. Those moments of unutterable fulfillment and beloved community are inseparably linked. And for me, that's what church is. It's what helps us bring them together in ways that are intentional and explicit. Whether it's through worship, joining our voices together in song, fellowship and a shared meal. It could be attending one of our public arts events, a theater show, a forum, a religious education class. It could be acting together for service and justice, just being with each other through life's transitions. Sometimes they come together with just a smile in the church hallway or a shared cup of coffee in Housen Hall. That is all of it. Religious. That's church. Today, we celebrate that for 60-plus years, First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin has been generating beloved community through opening up such possibilities for those moments of unutterable fulfillment to occur. What an amazing blessing we have inherited. What an sacred responsibility for its stewardship that we bear. What an awe-inspiring privilege to gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. May it be so for 60 and many, many more years beyond that. I just want you all to remember this time in the church's history when we have um, two such associate ministers as these. But and a music director such as this. <laughs> I remember one time uh, in my South Carolina church, there was a boy named Oscar. He was tall and skinny and shy, and he had long, long hair and um, long fingers. He always wore either a a vintage David Bowie T-shirt or Marilyn Manson T-shirt. His uh, fingernails were always painted black. And, um, And he was always in some kind of trouble at school for being too smart and too Unitarian. His sister had gotten in trouble at sixth grade for bringing a Bible to school. Um, She and a friend of hers had sat in class and torn out pages of the Bible and eaten them. 
They couldn't really figure out what was wrong with that, but they knew it was wrong <laughs> with the school. Anyway, that's another sermon. But Oscar, he was so cool and so shy and so dangerous looking. And I remember we had a bell choir, and he was in the bell choir, and I just sat there in the, in the pulpit chair and looked at the bell choir while they were ringing very seriously, and he was standing right next to a public health nurse from Texas in her 50s who looked extremely respectable. Um, and just seeing both of them together focused on this task of adding to the worship experience at this church together in the bell choir, my heart filled up. I almost wept. I just thought, this is church. At the Princeton Church, there was a, um, Kaya had written a musical about pirates, and she'd cast it with church members of all ages, and so there were a number of pirates who were um, 9, 10, 11, and a number who were in their 80s. They all got to know each other, and my heart filled up again in the hallway about four weeks after the performance when this nine-year-old kid named Jackson and this 81-year-old retired minister named Carol low-fived each other in the hall, calling each other by their pirate names. Hey, Grim. Hey. I, um, I just thought, where does that happen? This is so wonderful. I have that experience here all the time. I see you all lighting candles of joy and sorrow and hope and memory. And my heart fills up knowing that behind each candle lighting is a story, is a yearning, is a hope, is a prayer. I feel that way when I go to the new member classes and I hear people talk about the backgrounds that they came from and how they got here and each path seems like a miracle. When someone in the class can stand up and say, you know, uh, I'm gay. And you can tell it's almost the first time that it's been uttered in mixed company. (laughs) And people just nod. It's no big deal, really. Although it is. I feel that way when I'm talking to you And I have dug as deep as I can to tell the truth as I know it, as as flat out as I know how to tell it. And I see you receiving that. And I feel that time during the sermon when it's as if we're all breathing together engaged in the same experience, communicating. I can't tell you how much that means to me. I feel that when I see the pictures of the hands-on housing build, when I see you all at parties having fun, I can't wait till the party this afternoon because fun is an essential part of church life here at First UU. 
You each are so precious. And what I tell the new members is that one of the first expectations of membership is your presence. That if you feel drawn by the spirit of life to come to this place, then this place needs you and your default setting should possibly be, if you can make it happen, that you will be here so that we can see one another's beautiful faces and experience a fullness of the spirit of life and truth by looking into one another's eyes. So I thank you for making this happen. I thank those of you who made it happen for 60 years before this. And I thank those of you who will be here making it happen, as Chris said for the next 60 years. We're learning to love each other. A couple hours a week at a time. That's about all we can take. <laughs> it's not like Thanksgiving dinner. Please say with me the words by which we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Just one verse, sing with me. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Go in peace. This is a presentation of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, visit our website at www.austinuu.org.